0: Welcome and greetings, career-minded superstars. You are listening to the exclusive Career Coach, your podcast for all things career. And I'm Lisa Edwards, the indispensable career coach for superstars just like you. Now let's dig into this week's topic, shall we? Greetings. How are you doing today? How's how's, uh, how's everything where you're at Um I'm recording this at the end of April, but it's going to come out in May, so who knows how much different the world will be between now and then. Uh, Florida is supposed to reopen on May 1st. Who knows what that means, right? Um, I want to say at the outset that so many of you have been reaching out to me and taking advantage of the free consult, the 45-minute consult, because you recognize that as you return to work or as you continue your job search whatever your situation is that the bar is going to be so much higher than it was in, the, in recent memory, probably since 2008, and I think even more so than then. And you recognize the importance of having an expert in your corner. And I, I'm fond of saying, you know, just because the plumbing in your house is yours doesn't mean that you have the ability to fix it or the electricity. Or the car that's yours doesn't mean that you're equipped to fix it. So yes, this, this work history of yours is yours. So the resume that you send out to the world is a reflection of you. That doesn't mean that you're qualified or able to create a great one for yourself. And I think one of the kind of signs of emotional intelligence is recognizing what you're not good at and finding people who will do that for you and recognizing the value in hiring people to do for you that which you cannot do for yourself or that which is not a good use of your time. So enough about the commercial. Today we're talking about managing an uncertain future, right? Which is certainly what we're having right now. But here's the thing I want to say about the uncertainty of our future in relationship to COVID-19. The future has always been uncertain. And that was such a kind of an eye-opener for me when my coach, Brooke Castillo, talked about that. And I really have taken that to heart and thought about that so much. And, you know, she talked about how many of us in January planned for COVID. So <laughs> I think, you know, if you think about your you know your planner that you put together for the year, for the quarter, when, however you do it, did you schedule in, you know, on your Outlook calendar or pencil it in your planner, you know, COVID-19, going to be out of work, going to be working from home, going to be furloughed, whatever your situation is. Of course you didn't. So we thought back in January that we knew what our spring and our early summer was going to look like, but that's never been true. We've never known what the future was going to be. So the first first kind of premise that I want to lay down here is that the future in the face of COVID-19 is no more or less certain than any other time in our life. We're just making this situation kind of mean something dark and ominous for many of us. Right now, you may be thinking about, when am I going to go back to work? Uh, Will I have an employer to go back to? Will my employer still exist? When will the services that I need? I want to get my kids back in school. I want to go to restaurants and sit in them. I want to go to the hair salon. Um, I want to get those services. When will they be open? I know one of the thoughts that I've been having is, Will there be a college football season? I've suffered through not having March Madness, not having spring and summer baseball, and I'm so ready for some sports, but will there be fall college football? Who knows, right? So we don't know what our future is going to be. We never know what our future is going to be. It is always uncertain. So again, when those of us who were planning, you know, to get married this spring, or we were going to buy a home, or we were going to go on a trip, or we were going to get a promotion, we were wrong. We were mistaken. When we thought that was going to happen, my daughter just this weekend uh, sent me a message. This was the weekend she was supposed to be in Nashville for a really big a half marathon, first time she'd ever run a half marathon, big deal, very big race. And you know, she thought she was going to be running in it. She raised the money for it. She was mistaken. She now believes that she's going to run it in the fall because that's when they've rescheduled it for. But she may be mistaken about that too. Who knows, right? So our future is always uncertain. And and the other kind of premise that I want to sit down here is that nothing has gone wrong to cause this pandemic. Now, people will argue with me and say, well, if this had happened or if we had listened to this person, but the pandemic was always going to happen. And it was always going to happen exactly as it has happened. Do you know how I know that? <laughs> because that's exactly how it's happened. And if we are to believe that something different was supposed to happen, that we were supposed to go on that trip, we were supposed to get married, we were supposed to have a graduation ceremony, we were supposed to stay in our jobs and and keep working as usual, we were mistaken. And we would be arguing with reality to think that because we have a reality. (laughs) What we thought was going to happen is not the reality. So we would be arguing with reality we're going to lose 100% of the time. And that got me thinking about some of the things that have happened in my life that at points in my life I have regretted deeply and thought that something had gone horribly wrong. And, and I can look back now from the perspective of my age, my wisdom, the coaching that I've done on myself, and I can see that these things were always going to happen exactly like they did. So I was always going to lose my mother when I was 23 years old, and that's been my single biggest regret in my life was not having my mother in, in my life for so much of my adult life, but that was always going to happen. I was always going to marry more than one man and and be incompatible with those men I was always going to need to have my gallbladder removed in 2005 so nothing went wrong with any of those things there was nothing wrong with me there was nothing wrong with the other people there was nothing wrong with any of it it was always going to happen that exactly that same way and nothing has gone wrong in 2020 so everything is good we don't know the future we've never known the future it's all good nothing's gone wrong so those are our premises So now that we think about three months from now or six months from now, we recognize also that that future is uncertain and that doesn't give us a pass to not plan for that, to not plan for returning to work, to not plan for our job search. It simply means that we don't know what's going to happen in three to six months from now. So we're going to look at this kind of COVID circumstance, right? COVID-19, I call it virus jail. It is a circumstance. It is a neutral fact out there in the world over which we have no control. Now, you may think COVID-19 is definitely not neutral. It's a very negative thing. It's horrible. Here's what I want you to understand. There are many people in this world for whom COVID has, in fact, been a negative circumstance because of the thoughts they've had about it, the thoughts they've had about what has happened to them, a loved one, the possibility of what could happen, all of those things. There are other people for whom COVID-19 has been an amazing blessing in their lives. Things have happened, really great things, and they've had really great thoughts about COVID-19. And then there's other people, I think I kind of fall into this category where it's like this neutral thing going on out there world, and I'm like, now what? Now what do I do? So what do you want to think about this time of quarantine? If you're still in it, if you're coming out of it, if, you know, we've, <laughs> we came out and went back in, who knows, in the next few weeks. This time of being out a job, what do you want to think about that? Maybe you're working harder than you've ever worked before because of the work that you do and what kind of the virus is requiring. Maybe you're in healthcare. I know I've worked harder than I just about ever have because there is so much demand for my services right now. So I want you to think about what are your chances about getting a new job? How do you think about yourself, your marketability, and your place in the work world when you think about getting a new job? What do you think about your financial future? So if things are tough right now because of COVID, what do you think about your ability to rebound from that and to kind of get back on track and be financially solvent quickly? What do you think about the world when you think about COVID-19? What do you think about how we are showing up as a species and what does this mean for the future of our species what do you want to make all of that mean so now what i want to talk about is the best strategies for navigating an uncertain future which is always right so remember always an uncertain future if you think that you know what's going to happen gosh an hour from now much less three months into the future you are mistaken so here are some tips that I want to give you. And this is, these are useful for whether you're out of work and you're going to be looking for a job or you're, you know, at home with, with kids and, and it seems like it's never going to end. You're going to be homeschooling for the rest of your life or you've got spouse at home and that's not working out so great. Whatever the situation, the circumstance is, that's just all neutral. But let's talk about what to do about it. So the first thing I want you to do is name the emotion that you're having. And this is such a useful tool to bring your anxiety down. Just give it a name. And and what I find interesting is people who aren't familiar with thought work, with thinking about what you're thinking about, tend to have a very rudimentary vocabulary when it comes to emotion or i'll say tell me what you're feeling and they can't what they tell me is well i'm feeling that i'll I'll never get another job that's not a feeling that's a thought that's a sentence in your head what's the emotion that you're having are you scared are you terrified are you sad are you worried are you afraid those are all emotions and you really want to tap in And identify the emotion that you're experiencing right now. And you're going to understand why that is so useful as we go through this exercise. But really getting, I find that what I have to do for myself is get quiet. And much like I might try clothes on out of my wardrobe to see what looks good on me that day, I'm going to try on an emotion And I'll try one on and I might say, you know, that one's just not right. Or that one's almost right, but I think there's a better one. But I really want to get clear on the emotion because there's a big difference between scared and terrified. There's a big difference between worried and afraid. There's a difference between sad and despondent, for example. Those are kind of degrees, but you really want to tap into what's going on inside of you. So name the emotion. The second step is to describe how the emotion feels in your body. There's something very liberating about calling that emotion out and giving it kind of kind of explaining it right outside of your body. So saying, okay, what I'm feeling is there's a fluttering in my stomach. So I'm, or I'm sad. And what I feel is it feels like my heart is heavier than it usually is. And maybe it feels like it's beating a little slower, or maybe I'm terrified and my pulse is racing. Um, Or maybe there's a, a feeling where I feel pressure behind my eyes, like anxiety might feel like that. They just seem to be less scary and harmful when you can kind of describe it and really think about what this is really pretty harmless there's my pulse is racing there's a little fluttering in my stomach it's not hurting me it's not killing me the next step is to identify the thought that is causing that emotion so whether it's sad worry fear whatever that emotion is every emotion that you experience has a corresponding thought that's where that emotion comes from and you want to be careful here because a lot of times you 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 want to think, you think, oh, that thought is coming from this. Well, they have to line up, right? If you're feeling terrified, it's because you're having a terrifying thought in your head. A happy thought is not going to make you feel terrified. So if I'm feeling scared, maybe it's because I'm thinking I don't want to catch the virus. I'm afraid if I go out there, I'm going to catch the virus. I'm afraid if so-and-so comes to my home, I'm going to catch the virus. If I'm feeling afraid, maybe it's because I think I don't know how I'm going to pay my bills. So I'm I'm, I'm afraid of, you know, rent coming due and the car payment and the bills and I can't buy groceries. I'm afraid. If I'm feeling sad, maybe it's because I'm thinking, you know, Aunt Jenny just tested positive for the virus. So there's someone very close to me that has tested. Now notice that COVID-19 virus jail is not causing those feelings. It's the thought about it. So I'm thinking, I don't want to catch the virus. I'm thinking, I don't know how I'm going to pay my bills. I'm thinking, Aunt Jenny just tested positive for the virus. And what I'm seeing, and and my coach has talked about this a lot on her podcast, is that what is happening right now because of virus jail is that whatever we were experiencing before the virus hit has become amplified right now. So let's go back to those examples. I don't want to catch the virus. So you probably weren't feeling scared about catching COVID-19 in January. But what were you scared of catching? Were you scared of catching a disease? Were you scared of catching a you know, situation that I was going to catch negativity at work? Like What was I worried about catching before the virus happened? If I'm thinking, I don't know how I'm going to pay my bills, how was that showing up in my life? Was I all, Was I thinking I didn't know how I was going to pay my bills back in January? Probably. And it's just gotten more amplified now that I'm out of work. If I'm feeling sad because so-and-so just tested positive for the virus, really looking at that and thinking, you know, okay, I'm feeling sad about them and it's appropriate. I shouldn't be happy that Aunt Jenny caught the virus, but are there places in my life when I'm feeling sad inappropriately, right? Um, And what am I doing with that sadness? How How am I showing up in the world with that sadness? Do I like the way I'm showing up? So the next step is to decide if you want to keep thinking that thought. And I think the Aunt Jenny situation is a good one, right? So if I'm thinking, I'm sad because Aunt Jenny just tested positive for the virus, that may be a really great thought to keep thinking because you wouldn't want to be happy that Aunt Jenny caught the virus, I don't imagine. It's a matter of what you do with it, right? Where does that take you once you think that thought? So in terms of these thoughts that you keep thinking, there are thoughts that kind of fleet and flick in and out of your brain. I forget the statistic, but it's like 60,000 thoughts a day is the human brain, which is nuts, right, when you think about it. And a lot of them come in our brain and we don't even know they're there. They come and go so quickly we don't have we couldn't grasp them if we wanted to. Others, we're aware of the thought and we quickly discard them. Like we're like, where did that come from? Like that was weird, right? But we don't we don't give it any weight. We don't give it any credence. We we let it go very quickly. But then there are those thoughts that we continually think and then those become habits in our brain. They actually become part of our belief system. And from a a scientific standpoint, they create a new neural pathway in our brain. So our brain, brains are about efficiency and our brain wants to be as efficient as possible. So the brain is seeing, here's this thought that Lisa keeps thinking over and over again. I don't know how I'm going to pay that bill. Let's put that into her subconscious and just let it run kind of on autopilot. That will make us more efficient as a brain. So then, when it gets into the un- the subconscious, then it starts to create an effect in your life, and you don't even know what's going on, which is super um, can be super disturbing when you start to have a realization of these thoughts, and you realize what how these thoughts are showing up in your life, and you didn't even know they were there. And I will tell you a story. When I first joined Brooke's coaching program and we had to do these daily thought downloads, I honestly said out loud to myself because I live alone, so there was no one to tell it to. I said, well, that's there's. I don't have any thoughts. I mean, there's nothing going on up there. I, I'm very aware of what I'm thinking. But the activity is to sit down and write a page out of thoughts. And I was like, oh my God, when I sat down and really looked at these thoughts, I was like, no wonder I'm getting some results that I don't like in my life. Look at the thoughts that I'm having. And I wasn't even aware of them. They were habitual. They were playing in the background and they were very destructive to me. So here are some of the destructive thoughts that I'm hearing from clients right now. There are no jobs available. No one is hiring. It will be very difficult to get a job right now. Those are uh, not useful thoughts that are not going to serve you. So the whole point of this step is to look at that thought and decide whether it serves you, whether you want to hang on to it, keep it, let it create a neural pathway in your brain, or is that something you want to work to, to change into a more positive thought. The next step is to give equal airtime to the best possible future. So if you're going to go to the worst place and say there are no jobs available, no one's hiring, it's going to be very difficult for me to get a job, I also want you to think about a future in which the best possible scenario plays out. So instead of thinking you're going to be out of work for months and living in a cardboard box, what if you were thinking, I'm going to get a fabulous new job that pays even more than I was making before? So what if it instead of thinking it will be very difficult for me to get a job, what if I thought I have all the tools and resources that I need to successfully navigate a job search? I'm not saying it's going to be easy. I didn't go there, right? I didn't make a 180 degree change. I didn't make a 180 degree change to everyone is hiring, but maybe I could believe that many companies are hiring. Some companies are hiring something, right? My coach says we're all delusional, so we might as well be delusional in our own favor, right? So think about that because remember the future is uncertain. So there's just as much chance that the best case scenario is going to play out as there as it is that the the worst case scenario will play out. The next step is to set a 90-day goal. Now, whether you're back at work or have no plans to go back to work because of whatever is going on in your industry or your state, I think it's so great to set a 90-day goal and then get busy achieving that goal. So what my project is that I chose, and I've been working on it, I don't know, probably four or five weeks right now, Is taking all of the physical pictures from when my kids were growing up and scanning them and putting them into digital photo albums. It is a mammoth project, and so I'm allotting two hours a weekend for it because it's it's kind of a nuts project and it's very intense. But this is a project that I've made tremendous progress on just since I started. So, what kind of a ninety day goal do you want? Do you want to lose some weight? Do you want to get on a regular exercise routine? Do you want to clean out your garage? And be careful that you don't tell yourself that you can't, right? You couldn't do an exercise routine because the gyms are closed. There are so many exercise people that are doing, whether it's YouTube videos or they're on Facebook or whatever the case may be, but they're showing you how to work out with the equipment that you have at home. I saw one today on Facebook where she was doing an exercise with a broom everybody has one of those right you're going to feel so good in achieving that goal and it's also going to kind of redirect your mind to something more positive than maybe some of those unhealthy thoughts that you're having a couple of other kind of pointers that i want to maybe recommendations that i want to give you or permissions that i want to give you the first one is to get help so what what Brooke has been telling us at, at the life coach school is that her business has never been busier than it is right now, because people are asking for life coaching to help them manage their thoughts around the virus nobody's asking for help to manage the virus that's that again that's a neutral circumstance we have no control over that it's what are they thinking about the virus what are they making the virus mean how are they showing up for themselves for their family for their employer if they still have one for their you know significant other whoever it is because of their thoughts around the virus So I am a member of Self-Coaching Scholars. I've mentioned that many, many times. I highly recommend that you look into that. So Brooke has the Life Coach School podcast. There are 300 and, I don't know, almost 320 episodes out, I think, right now. And there is a ton of value if you don't want to spend a penny on life coaching. If you would like to really kind of ramp it up, I highly recommend Self-Coaching Scholars. It's $297 a month. It is the best money I spend every month. Cannot recommend it highly enough. And within Self-Coaching Scholars, you get a 20-minute one-on-one coaching call with one of her certified coaches every week and the value of that alone makes it worth the money and there's all kinds of live almost every day there is a live coaching call and you can jump on a call and get coached in in a group of people or you can just listen to the coaching that the other people get. Another resource that I really want to recommend is a new podcast out by Brene Brown called Unlocking Us. I'm not sure, I don't think she has 10 episodes out yet, but I'm really loving how she's approaching grief and uncertainty and, you know, she's an emotions researcher. So she's kind of coming at it from that angle and she's had some amazing guests on there already. Of course, there's this podcast and all the content that I'm putting out there for you specific to Virus Jail. So one thing I want to say uh, before I move on to the next topic about life coaching versus kind of friends and family. Friends and family are always going to give you their opinion. And it's always going to be from their perspective. You know, it, it will be thinking about you, but it will be thinking about you through the lens of their life and their life experience. But a life coach is going to hold space for you to look at your thoughts, kind of take them out of your brain, put them in the middle of the room on a chair, walk all the way around them. And then process those thoughts and how they are showing up in your life and what do you want to do about it and where do you want to go in your life. So no judgment, no opinions, just holding space for you, having someone pay undivided attention to you for however long the coaching session is, highly recommend it. The next thing I want to say to you guys is it's okay to be afraid right now. It's okay to be afraid at any time. But the caveat there is not to let the fear hold you back. Don't let the fear keep you from planning your future and getting shit done. I think of the of fear as being this passenger in the back seat of my car. I don't let him in the front seat. I don't sure as heck don't let him drive, but he's in the back seat, so I can look in the mirror and I can see that he's back there, and I can like give him a little finger wave, but he does not affect where I go and and when I get there and how fast I drive and what turns and 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 uh, you know movements I make in my car. He's just along for the ride. So the point being. If you're waiting for a, for fear, for being afraid to go away before you do the thing, set the goal, go for the new job, whatever it is, you're going to be waiting a long time. The point is, do it anyway. Recognize the fear. Hi, fear. There you are. And... Get the shit done anyway. Fear is just your primitive brain who's trying to protect you from certain death. It does not know the difference between the mastodon that was trying to eat you back in the day and the interview that you're going to have today. The job interview or the, um, you know, sitting down to pay your bills when you don't know where the money is. It's the same reaction in your primitive brain. So the challenge is then to thank it for its concern. <laughs> That's what it's there for. It's been keeping you alive all these millennia. So thank it for thank it for its concern and then override it with your prefrontal cortex by planning and making decisions ahead of time. So if we go back to like the goal, maybe setting that 90-day goal, your primitive brain, you're going to wake up one day and let's just say you have a picture project like I do. And your primitive brain's going to be like, no, that's scary. <laughs> that's new. It's scary. It's for sure going to kill you if you start messing with those pictures. Think about all the motions that are coming up and it's going to be hard and it's so many pictures and ugh. and you want to thank it for its concern and then say, no, this is what I dedicated this time to. I said I was going to spend two hours on this project today. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to do it anyway. Next thing I want to say is don't expect this to be easy. Once you set some goals, you know, whether it's getting a new job, accomplishing a project with old pictures like I'm doing, cleaning out a closet, your primitive brain is going to freak out, guaranteed. It's, it's something new. That's the brain's job. So your job then is to plan for not wanting to do the thing that you plan to do when it's time to do it and then kind of have that workaround. The next thing I want to say is to recognize and reward your progress. I think many people wait until the job is done. So I get this with a lot of my clients. They say, well, I'm going to reward myself when I get my new job. That is the reward. The completion of the task. So when my pictures are all done, that's my reward. There's going to be deep satisfaction in that. If you're cleaning out your garage and it's clean one day, you're going to be super happy about that. You want to reward yourself every time you spend time on that project. You want to be careful that you're not doing something that has a net negative result. So, you know, if you're also trying to lose weight, then rewarding yourself with a candy bar is probably not the best idea. Or if you're trying to cut down on your alcohol consumption, you know, I'm going to get drunk tonight because I did, I cleaned out the garage, probably not a good approach. But saying, let's say for Um, for me with my picture project maybe that's when I get to go take the dog out for uh, a nice long walk out in the country or I get to lay out in the sun for for an hour so just think about something that is rewarding to you that doesn't have a net negative consequence and reward yourself through the progress that you're making and don't just wait until the end. So I hope that these tips are helpful for you for whatever is going on and whatever your circumstance is right now relative to COVID-19 virus jail whether you're going to be looking for a job or you're just cleaning out a closet or you're dealing with a passel of children at home that you're having to homeschool. And as always, I want to be your career coach. So as I said at the outside, give me a holler, schedule it. You've got the link in the show notes. Schedule a 45-minute consult with me and let me help you. Hey, connect with me on Instagram at Lisa.Edwards, Facebook at Exclusive Career Coaching, and find me on LinkedIn at Lisa, that's L-E-S-A Edwards, and uh, we'll connect uh, through LinkedIn. And I'll see you next week. Take care.